live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's got some sports coming up. Rick Delgado's got the news. Glad you're a part of the show. As always, lots to talk about tonight. Mr. Delgado, how are you? Aaron Fran holding it down. Slick Rick, how are you? Doing great, Big D, on a Tuesday night. Lots to talk about on a Tuesday night. Sports and news. Crazy town coming up tonight as well. It's short, but it's to the point. Well, Biden talking at the U.N., is that what you call it, talk? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. If How could anything it. be to the point with Biden's point, <laughs> let's be honest? You know, but the, best is, is, <laughs> the best is when he leads with, let me be clear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, good luck with that. Good luck. And whenever he does that, you can bet it's never going to be that. <laughs> right. That <laughs> you can take that to the bank, so... Uh, Aaron and friend holding it down as always. Of course, all our friends in the Getter Chat or whoever social media you're watching us on or live from Studio6B.com or on all our social media at LFS6B. Make sure you follow us everywhere you can. Um, lots to get to. I want to get to the want to get to what's going on in the Republican Party. We've talked about this a lot. Well, I've talked about it a lot since I did this show and since 2015. We've talked about it a lot since this this formation of this version of the show since 2020. Um, And that, of course, is these budget battles over the closing down of the government, which is, I think, happened 21, 22 times since the the 70s. We've always come out the other end, government shutdown. The, The issue with the Republicans, and there's many, but the issue with the Republicans when it comes to this government shutdown is we we can't get to a government shutdown until the republicans decide like what what is the what is their goal like there's no consensus that i can tell around what we want to do i know some say we don't want to we're not going to do anything in any cr and that's and i respect that and i've talked about that and then there's some that said uh we gotta we gotta we gotta have a starting point we gotta have a jump off point we have to have something because in the end, when you have these situations where, okay, it's we want what we want, and the Democrats are going to want what they want, how do you decide who wins? Well, you're going to win basically based on public opinion is really how you win. And for the Republicans, you know, they're just internally arguing back and forth about what to do, whether it comes when you look at, you know, and obviously we have the border, you've got the green energy, you have the weaponization of government, you have the... Ukraine, military stuff. You got the vaccines, biomedical security state, all the um, transgender um, just idiocy going on. So there's a lot of things that we can agree on that we all want to defund and don't like, but there's no consensus around, seemingly to me, there's no consensus on what what is the messaging. It can't just be, hey, we don't like all this stuff. Because if they were serious about this big basket of stuff, then, as we said, they probably shouldn't have gone on vacation while Biden and the Dems were on vacation. You know, you could have had all these individual bills. You could have said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Have your 12 appropriations bills ready to go. And then you come into September 30th with your messaging ready, your, your bills ready, and you've got some political will and some political capital ready to go because let's remember something the democrat the uh, the republican party i don't know what the percentage you want to put on it but i'll it's 
there are a lot of still middle of the road, main street, rhino uh, caucus, if you want to call them that, that represents a lot of the Republican Party. And when the Freedom Caucus and others get into this dispute back and forth about what we're going to do, and there's no significant starting point, well, at least for, for some there's not. For some, it's just there's no starting point at all. Chip Roy, Byron mm. Donalds, a couple others, their starting point was, okay, well, let's take the border. Because we all know that the border is something that we can all agree upon. The public is certainly been seeing what's going on at the border. They're certainly familiar with it. That's a good jump-off point. So let's take the border. And let's take an 8% cut basically across the board, and let's use that as the jump-off point. And obviously there's a handful of don't even want to have that as a jump-off point. And so, and, and, I, and okay, that's fine, but what, what is the consensus? Where is the, what is the consensus on what we're going to rally the, rag, the wagons around to get to what we all know we have to get to, which is a government shutdown, which when then you can, if you're not going to, you are where you are now, is my point. <laughs> you didn't go on vacation. So what are you going to do to get to that point where you can now jump off and start figuring out how you're going to get to the 12 appropriations bills? It's not going to happen overnight. You don't even have consensus on what, you're, what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I'm jumping in my seat because I hear the things like messaging and these middle-of-the-road Republicans, and all I can think is uh, are, are, are just gutless liars. That's it. Gutless liars. They run every two years if they're in the House, every six years in the Senate, saying, I'm going to do this for you. We're going to stand up to the Democrats. We're going to defund it. We're going to demand this. And then they get in there. They do nothing. So they lie off the top. Because now, they once they get in there, all they're concerned with is, how do I look good? What can I do? How do I get good media? How can I get money for this? How can I get money for that? How can I get something to put in my pocket? I got to get, a, I gotta get, a, I gotta get a, a vacation. I got to get my kid to this good Take school. I gotta, yeah, I got to rub elbows with this guy to make sure my kid gets accepted there. Yeah. I need a reference letter over here. That's all they're concerned about. They say, F the American people, because now they got what they want. They got their beak wet, and they're going to continue to do it. That's why. And then when you say, well, what's the jump off point? They don't have the nuts to do a jump off point. Yeah, but you because still, they're because they're so concerned with what's in it for me. You still have to. We, we still going through the process, though. We're at September 30th is it. So you still have to unify behind some message. What is the end goal? You have to unify behind something. Is it we want to we're going to defund as much of the stuff as possible? And OK, is that the unifying message? What is the unifying message? What's the most defensible position you can go out and say, we're not going to fund these aspects of government? I think what, uh, and I think you were so, it was something you were reading about yesterday with Matt Gates proposing, or somebody proposing, um, just doing single bills, which is probably the best way to get there. I know we have to get to that, though. We have right. to get to single bills. We didn't get to it during August recess, because they, we, we went on recess just like Biden and Democrats right. went on recess. But I'm saying I think that would be a great thing to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, we're drawing our line in the sand here. Uh, immigration, the border, this is a single bill. This is all that's on it. Don't try to attach anything. And we can get everybody on the record once and for all. And we can expose, you know, who exactly are the liars and who are the ones who, who have any guts that care about the American people and what the American people want. 
But that's the point. The House has to pass something to say, okay, here's our position. So you have Chip Roy and you have a couple others who have said, okay, here's our jump off point. Our position is going to be we're going to get rid of catch and release, defund this, deal with the border, and an 8% cut basically um, in spending across the board. And, and then you have the other Republicans who don't want anything to do with that. So the, the risk the Republicans run right now is that McCarthy and the rest of the, as you described them, rhinos, that, and there are many of them, say, you know what? We're not going to deal with these five, and we're certainly not going to deal with these 15. Let's go work with the Democrats, right. and just leave, we'll just leave them out. So again, we, that's, that's the worst outcome. So when you look at the outcome of, okay, let's jump off on the border. Let's buy 30 days. We'll get an 8% cut. We'll defund the border. And that buys us 30 days to then go tackle 11 appropriations, other appropriations bills to get what we really want. I don't know that that's not the best option on the table right now. Well, do you have to do the 8% across the board and the border on the same one, or can you separate them? Well, why would you want to separate them? Um, why wouldn't you want to get that if you can get that now? Well, if you can get it, great. But I'm saying if you can't get it. If, again, if you're putting a couple things together and all of a sudden the squishy, squishy, nutless ones go, oh, I don't think I can do that, then, of course, you got a problem. Now, now you can at least get them on the record being, what about the border? Let's just do the border. How are you on the border? If they start getting squishy again, you know, okay, you're the problem on the border. 8% across the board, oh, you're going to have a problem with that? Then we know it's specifically that, and then you can attack them from that angle. I, I think it's about really just, and I, I, you know, uh, call a Republican on Republican, uh, Republican on Republican on crime, but you got you to gotta attack the people in your, in your, on your side if they're not going to support what they pledged to their constituents when they were running that they were going to do. And if they're not going to do it, expose them for it. You know, like, like who's that? Who's that? Ken Buck in Colorado, that doofus. He's horrible. He's terrible. And I'm sure he's told plenty of lies on the campaign trail where people thought he was going to do one thing and he's completely flipped them a bird and said, I'm doing this because this is in my best interest. I don't yep. care about you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very angry about this discussion. <laughs> I well, you. I mean, you can okay. You, uh, that's fine to be angry about it, but again, with September 30th is coming. So, what, what, what is the? If you don't think what Byron Donalds and Scott Perry, I think it is, and whoever else has mm -hmm. put on the floor to say, let's lead with the border. Okay, we can all agree that the invasion at the border of our by our own government, right. perpetrated by this administration, we can all agree on that. And if we can get an 8% decrease in spending for the next 30 days while we say this is not our final what we want, but we're jumping off here, that leads us to a government shutdown because obviously Biden's not going to accept that. And then you go put the 11 appropriations bills together to say, we've gone through this now with a fine-tooth comb, and here's what we're willing to fund. Right. Here right. you go, Mitch. Yeah, and like I said, if you can get those two together and get that through, great. But if all of a sudden you try and put those two together and you got you got uh, you're coming up short, then you know, okay, there's a problem here. Which which side is the problem? Is it the border side or is it the eight percent side? And well, if you, you have isolate, a problem on either one of those, you're doomed, anyways. Right. But, but then you can at least isolate. Okay, at least let's at least get the border done. So that's a positive. That's that's a win. You get the border done. Now you attack this eight percent and see what is the problem with the eight percent.
I'm just trying to think of diagnosing that problem of how you could not get everybody on board. You know what I mean? The issue is if you tell McCarthy that nothing is good enough, he's going to go work with the Democrats. And then Matt Gates can, uh, you know, move to vacate, right? Great. Go ahead. Vacate. What is that? At that point, what does that get you? Are people not saying, okay, I don't, I don't want an eight percent decrease in spending, or I don't want to close, get rid of catch and release in this first uh, in in a thirty day CR because of McCarthy? Well, what has McCarthy gotten us so far? He's gotten a no limit in terms of the last deal he did, right? Again, that's fine. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying, what changing him out at this point does that make? In in what you're trying again, in what you're what's the messaging? What's the goal you're trying to get to? What does changing him out make? It, change it, it makes it it makes it so they know hey whoever's next you're gonna have to work with us or we're gonna take you out too we're right, gonna but, keep going through it but until no we saying, get what we need but they're not saying i'm not voting for it because mccarthy's still the speaker you take mccarthy out all of a sudden they're gonna go okay now i'm for the board now i'm for this that's my point how does that get you closer to the votes because mccarthy's in charge of whipping up those votes and if he's not willing to do it We'll talk more about the CR. We'll talk about what I think President Trump's messaging might be going forward, or maybe what it should be. Sports and news as well, all coming up. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B, Crazy Town. Coming up, sports coming up with Slick Rick as well. But let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by our friends at Seven Cells. Seven Cells Use our code at checkout for twenty percent off. Uh, Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, um, I don't know if you caught this, uh, and we and we know her name by now. Miranda Devine. She writes for the New York Post. Well, she had an interesting article today. Which, again, jumps back to January 6th and what the FBI knew and what they didn't know and how many people did they actually have there. Well, according to this, the FBI had so many paid informants at the, at the Capitol on January 6th that they actually lost track of the number and had to perform a, a, an audit later to determine exactly how many confidential human sources run by different FBI field offices were present that day. This according to a former assistant director at the Bureau as he confessed to lawmakers. At least one informant was communicating with his FBI handler as he entered the Capitol. We're not sure if that guy's ever been charged. Um, and... Let's see. According to Stephen D. Antuono, he's the uh, he's a former Bureau Washington uh, field office chief. D. Antuono has testified behind closed doors at the House Judiciary Committee that his office was aware before the riot that some of their informants would attend the stop and steal rally. Uh, thrown by former President Donald Trump, but he only learned after the fact that the informants uh, run by other field offices were also present. So, you know, I have field offices in every every city. It seems like every city seemed to be sending FBI informants and human confidential sources to the rally that day. Um, the Washington field office had to ask the FBI headquarters 
to do a poll or put out something where people were saying if any of their CHSs were involved, he said, so they could get a handle on the scale of the FBI spying operations at the Capitol that day. We're only learning about this now. Isn't that crazy? Uh, we started getting responses back from FBI headquarters, according to D'Antuono, which helped identify which field offices had planted confidential informants in the crowd. One paid informant from Kansas City was flown in at the Capitol as the crowd searched inside and allegedly was in communication with his handler while they were in the crowd, I think, saying, we're going to go in, according to the former uh, Bureau Brass. They're trying to stop some of the action, he said, or they left uh, or whatnot. As to how many informants the audit discovered were in the crowd that day, D'Antono would only say a handful. And we know how the FBI loves loves to lie. Uh, the FBI spent an average of $42 million each year in payments to confidential human services, according to the Justice Department's Office of Inspector General, which raised concerns about the vetting process they have for these informants. In a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray, uh, Tuesday from Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, he described D'Antono's testimony as extremely concerning. It suggests that the FBI cannot adequately track the activities and operations of its own informants, and that it lost control of CHS's president at the Capitol on January 6th. These revelations, he said, reinforce existing concerns identified by special counsel John Durham about the FBI's use and payment to CHS's who have fabricated evidence and misrepresented information. And I'm sure some of the defendants would have loved to have had some of this information at their disposal uh, for their uh, for their trials, right, Dame? Yeah, well, this is not the only January 6th news of the day. Um, we obviously had news today on, on Ray Epps. Yes, Ray Epps, uh, who was uh, all of a sudden, now he's uh, he's been indicted as well. Yep. The only person on January 6th that I'm aware of that was caught on film actively telling people to go into the Capitol, charged today with one misdemeanor count of disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. Now, there have been... People who were not even at the Capitol, who got multi-decade jail sentences on seditious conspiracy charges over January 6th. He's on tape actively telling people that we've got to go into the Capitol. Yes. He's one of the first people that I remember in the footage tearing down a, a barricade, encouraging others to tear them down. He gets no obstruction felony, no civil disorder charge, no seditious conspiracy, not even a trespassing charge. And we're supposed to believe that this is something other than just, okay, we're going to, it's kind of like Hunter, we're going to just give you a little right. something yeah. so that we could continue to charge all of our enemies with everything we want. We got to just, you know, decorate it up here right. and make it look a little. <laughs> like, how do you, how else can this be anything other than that? Yep. Someone amazing. who wasn't even at the yeah. Capitol gets 22 years. Yes. And a guy who was actively on tape telling us we got to go in, we got to go in, smashing down yeah. barricades, gets like, um, right. you know, slap on the wrist and a, um, I mean, it's a joke. Yeah. And you remember the testimony of Christopher Ray when he was confronted by um, Ted Cruz asking how many uh, human uh, confidential human uh, sources they had on the ground and they wouldn't talk about it. Defense lawyers for the trial of the five Proud Boys recently asserted that the FBI had as many as eight informants spying on their organization alone. And at least one was with them at the Capitol that day. And of course, you remember former Capitol Hill Police uh, Chief Stephen Sund has said, in addition to the pay 
paid informants, the FBI had at least 18 undercover agents that he knew of in the crowd, plus an estimated 20 more from the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. So. I, I just, I really honestly believe all of this is still just a big uh, in-your-face middle finger that we're going to do what we want and you're not going to stop us. It's like the Clapper and Brennan hirings today. Th- those two are back. It's just like, it's just right in your face. They're just, just going to, you just come, come stop us. Just come try it. We don't care what you think. And we don't care about anything in history. We're just going to do what we do. We're going to bring back these two guys. <laughs> we're going to charge this guy with jaywalking, whether you like it or not. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. All right, we'll do some more news. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and my pillow. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D, we'll get to the scoreboard right away. NFL, good games last night. Saints over the Patri- uh, Panthers, excuse me, 20-17. to And the Steelers over the Browns, 26-22 finals. Steelers' defense comes up big with a late touchdown to seal the deal at, what is it, uh, Akershaw Stadium now. Uh, and let's get to the uh, Major League Baseball scores right now. Rays over the Angels, 2-1, to one, bottom six. End of five, the Twins blanking the Reds, 2 nothing. Marlins, 3-1 to one, over the Mets, bottom six. Top five, Blue Jays over the Yankees, 4-1. to one. Braves 3 0 over the Phillies. That's in the top of the fifth. Rain delay, Cubs and Pirates, no score. The uh, Cardinals over the Brewers, 2 0, bottom second. Top second, no score. Rangers and uh, Red Sox. Orioles and Astros. Orioles lead that one, 2 0, top of the first, just underway. Mariners, Athletics, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Padres, Tigers, Dodgers. Full slate tonight. Only about 10 games left in the regular season as we wind down to the wild card round and the playoffs. Can't wait. And the reason why I had Patriots on my mind, Patriots fan dies after fight in the stands at Gillette Stadium. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart reporting. A New England Patriots fan died at Gillette Stadium after a scuffle with another fan in the stands on Sunday, according to multiple reports. Dead is 53-year-old Dale Mooney of Newmarket, New Hampshire, who was caught up in a fracas that turned into a physical violence during the game. The altercation occurred in the fourth quarter and was allegedly the culmination of a series of taunts and arguments between the deceased and an unnamed Miami Dolphins fan who was sitting a few rows away from Mooney. By the fourth quarter, that had just kind of come to blows, said witness uh, Joe Kilmartin, according to uh, CBS News. CBS noted video recorded by Kilmartin shows the moment the Dolphins fan approached Mooney and delivered a few punches that left the Pats fan unconscious. Then you saw a fan deliver two punches to the victim, a Dolphins fan. He was wearing a Dolphins jersey, and the victim just kind of slumped over at that point in his seat, Kilmartin said of his video. Another witness added that at one point, one came down to the other's one's row, and it got more physical, just pushing and shoving, grabbing jerseys or whatever, but I only saw one punch, but I definitely saw the punch and the gentleman who uh, was knocked out in one punch. It was pretty much a vicious punch. That was a quote there. First responders tried to revive Mooney at the stadium, but were unsuccessful. He was rushed to a Attleboro hospital, but he was later pronounced dead. Um, he kind of looked lifeless leaving. It was definitely sad. Nobody goes to the game to witness a fight like that, Kill Martin said. Mooney was the father of two boys and a lifelong Patriots fan. His wife eulogized him as a man with a big heart who wouldn't hurt anyone. I mean, folks, we're getting out of hand here. Cincinnati Bengals fan had bumped a guy a guy in the head as he was handcuffed at a game on Sunday. And uh, I think there was a big brawl with Houston Texans. Fran said it was a big brawl, big fight at the Jets and Cowboys game. That wasn't on the field, though. That had to be in the stands. And that was a wrap, Big D. Out of control. Guy's there with his son. I mean, these stadiums and these owners have got to do something to get more security or something in these rows because... It's just out of control. All right, we're back. More news coming up after this.
Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday night. So Craig's doing sports. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Aaron Friend holding it down as always. Uh, lots to get to. Still crazy town coming up. It's a short one, but it's uh, to the point. It's to the point. <laughs> oh, let, me be, let me be clear. <laughs> Good luck. Let me be careful. No, you've seen it. Did you preview it in the uh, uh, control no. room? No, he's seen one or two of those Biden videos, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Ronald Reagan said, asked the best question ever uh, to candidates as a candidate to, uh, to the voters. And that, of course, was the are you better off than you were four years ago? That's what the Republican standard bearer urged them to ponder as he closed the October 28th, 1980 debate between the final White House contenders. And this today is in the Spectator, written by DeRoy Murdoch. And he says one week after that, the American people answered Ronald Reagan's query by overwhelmingly electing him president of the United States, California's former governor. Beat incumbent Democrat Jimmy Carter 50.7% to 41%. It was a wipeout. Where it counts, Reagan buried Carter beneath an electoral college avalanche. 489 to 49. 489 to 49. If Donald Trump asks Reagan's question today, he surely would secure the Oval Office Again, last Thursday in Largo, Maryland, President Joe Biden mocked his predecessor's domestic record as magonomics and called it more extreme than anything America has ever seen before, quote unquote. Biden meant this as an insult. Pity for him, this catchy word captures so much that the previous management got right. Magonomics trumps Bidenomics. By mostly every single measure, <laughs> Americans were better off four years ago than they are now. Mid-September 2019 was six months before Trump declared the COVID-19 state of emergency on March 13, 2020. As social scientists would say, the CCP virus was the most confounding variable in anyone's memory. Rather than judge Trump's performance by November 2020 statistics, four years before Election Day 2024, but during a once-per-century global pandemic beyond his control, it is fairer to compare things between today and where we stood four years ago before COVID escaped the Wuhan Institute of Virology, from whence FBI Director Christopher Wray and the U.S. Department of Energy believed it absolutely most likely slithered out of. As uh, my chart demonstrates, Trump trounces Biden on one meaningful measure after another. Biden could praise the financial markets, which have appreciated during this interval. The Dow and uh, Dow Jones has grown 27.2% in the last four years. The S&P 500 index is 48% higher, and the NASDAQ has advanced 67.7%. These impressive figures are less a tribute to Biden's economic prowess than they are a testament to the continuing benefits of the Trump GOP tax cuts and regulatory relief initiative, which Biden has yet to suffocate completely. So throw this up, Aaron, on the screen, if you can. I want to go through this. Maganomics 
Trump's Bidenomics, are you better off now than you were four years ago? And here's the comparison. And again, this is from 9-15-19 to 9-15-23, and then the percentage of change. Barrels of oil in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is down 46.2%. Real median household annual income is down almost 5%. Real average hourly earnings are up 0.6 of 1%. Employment rate. 2.7% change. Barrels of domestic oil produced, 5.6%. One pound of sliced bacon, up 16.7%. Dow Jones, up 27%. One gallon of milk, up almost 29%. One whole chicken, priced per pound, up 29%. One pound of ground beef up 33%. Median home list price up 40%. One gallon of regular gasoline up 46.6%. Is your problem. One dozen eggs up 47.8%. S&P 500 up 48%. NASDAQ up 67.7%. Here's another big one. 30-year fixed-rate mortgage up 100%. Inflation up 117.6%. That's good, Aaron. Nothing to see there. Wow. And where is that from? Where is this article from? Yeah. The Spectator today. These figures otherwise are grim. Most troubling inflation-adjusted annual household income shrunk by 4.7%. Gallon of gasoline up 46.6%. This snapshot contrasts material conditions as of September 15, 2023 versus those observed on September 15, 2019. The most recent data available, such as the financial market indices, would have been set on the later date. However, the levels of unemployment, hourly earnings, inflation, and other metrics that then prevailed would have been been unveiled earlier. These numbers will turn smiles upside down for the Biden administration. Joe Biden sure makes his people frown. Here is the truth. Americans were way better off financially four years ago under President Trump. They see Bidenomics for what it is, inflation, taxation, submission, and failure. Biden spent an unprecedented $11.5 trillion at a time when there was neither a war nor a national emergency. This included over $4 trillion on three massive socialist spending bills crammed with every ridiculous and dangerous idea that the most fringe far-left lunatics in Congress ever dreamed up. All told, Maganomics is no slander. It is a slogan. President Trump and his supporters should start printing it in bold colors on banners, buttons, bumper stickers, anything else they want to print it on. And that gets to the heart of it. And I think the president would do well to work that simple question into not only his messaging, but his debating because it's a, it's a very simple question that people can relate to. 
Because people can very easily in their mind upon hearing that question think back very quickly what the last four years have been like. People don't forget the struggle. People don't forget the struggle. They don't forget trying to figure out how they're going to make the mortgage. They don't forget how they're going to, what they're going to take out of the cart when they go to the grocery store because they can't keep everything in there. They don't forget those things. And when you pose this question to them, you would think a large majority of them would start to say, you know what, I'm really, I really am not better off. I'm way worse. It's way worse. Way worse. <clears throat> So, yeah, in a big way, too, because I was just looking at your chart. I wanted to make sure I had the numbers right in front of me, did it some quick math um, and just pulled only the things that you would buy in a store or, or something you would buy every day, you know, like the gas and the food. I just I left out the household stuff. Uh, I mean, the, the Nasdaq and the house price and all that stuff. And I went with these six, uh, the bacon, the milk, the ground beef, the eggs, um, the chicken and all told. When you compare, you're down about 4.5% from your median annual household income, and you add that and average out the other six, that, that's a 33.5%. So those costs have gone up for you on the average of 33.5%. Meanwhile, you're making 4.7% less, yep. which puts you in a hole of about 38%. Mm. It's almost 40 you're points. You're in the hole. 38 percent it's probably more well we figured the numbers what that every household took basically an eight thousand dollar pay cut yeah mm -hmm. on, an, yeah. on an annual basis 7800 yeah. every yeah, year around there yeah. yep Oof. that's a lot yeah and um so you're doing 38 percent worse <laughs> you're down 38 percent and that's not even factoring um you know that that's looking at mainly your daily life in a snapshot. It's not right. it's not factoring your your mortgage, your ability to your up. You, you know your mobility in this country right now is frozen. You can't sell. You can't buy. You can't move. Well, yeah, the thirty fifth the thirty year fixed rate went to a hundred percent, a hundred percent change. And by the way, it's going to probably go higher. The Fed is meeting today, and tomorrow we'll hear from the Fed at 2.30. He's going to leave rates at best unchanged. Some say, I don't think so. I think I have a bet with somebody on this show, too, that, <laughs> he's, that he's going to raise twice more. There's no chance of that. I think he's going to raise. I don't think there's any chance he's going to raise again. If he raises, I mean, maybe. Maybe there's a slight chance. I don't think so. I think he leaves it unchanged. But still, um, you, look at what's, what, you look at what's going on in the bond market, Mortgage rates are probably going to go up again. They're probably not done going up. Yeah, and and if you want a little uh, a little uh, icing on the top of that, there, Damon, hold on to your horns for this one. Is home building collapses as the market struggles? This is coming from Newsweek of all places. New well, home. Yeah. How could you build homes like this? Yeah. How could you be a builder? New home construction in the U.S. plunged in August to a three-year low, according to data released on Tuesday, as high mortgage rates, increased cost of labor, and the price of building homes took its, took its toll on the industry. The, and the administration and, and then there's states like California, by the way, that on top of that have a full-fledged war continuing going on energy, on oil companies, on all these things that make all these things go. California, I saw today, is suing the state is suing the uh, big oil companies because they say 50, 60 years ago, 
they had information on how, how, how big polluters they were. And they said they hid it from the public. This is what's going on in California. This is what the taxpayers' money is being spent on. Yeah. Suing the companies that are responsible for most of the stuff that drives our lives and drives our economy. And drives their cars around the state. It's absolutely insane the, the what's going on with energy in this company, um, in this country. And you start looking at all these numbers. I mean, honestly, you just wonder how anybody could vote for this again. Yeah, and, and they will Even because the- because people believe it. They still, they, uh, so many people still believe. Oh no, Democrats are fighting for us. Oh yeah, none of this none of this Joe Biden stuff is real. They're just making it up. Yeah. Well, and that that's again brings us back to what's going on with the auto workers too. What the deal? What's the deal with that going to be? We're going to bankrupt them again and then have the American people have to have to bail it out again. I, do, I just don't see how the American people with the struggle they're going for. This is what I said yesterday. I know people didn't agree how people relate to that, how people relate to those demands. Given where we are and what everybody feels like in this country. All right, more news, sports all coming up. 17 till the hour live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. We're back right after this. to the hour live from studio 6b on a tuesday glad you're a part of the show as always slick rick's doing sports delgado's doing news so before we get to sports if i could encapsulate the liberal progressive mindset in about a minute 40 i couldn't do it any better than this clip does it and i want to get to this a little later but levin's new book the democrat party hates america is out and i have my copy today um, this is a per, I mean, this is just the perfect encapsulation of progressivism and the, the liberal unwarranted guilt, whatever you want to call it mindset, especially, by the way, did you know Hollywood was on strike? I don't think anybody even knows anymore. Or cares. <laughs> yeah, the but they're strike. still on strike. I think yeah. well, the nobody, actors nobody are on strike. The writers are on strike and nobody misses it. So this is why they don't yeah. miss it too. So this, listen to this. This is this comedian, Louis CK. Listen to this clip talking about the border with Joe Rogan, I believe. But, but my feeling is they should open it. The border. And just let them pour in, let everybody pour in, and and then the answer, which is, well, then there will be all these problems. Yes, there should be. It shouldn't be so great here, is what I'm saying, in America. It shouldn't be. It's a weird thing to sequester a certain group of people and try to keep upping their lifespan and their lifestyle. And just keep trying to increase that for this group of people. And then everyone's, and then this pressure of people trying to come in so they can enjoy it. Uh, and then it gets worse and worse down here. I mean, I'm not Canada. It's really just from down here. Uh, there's something wrong with that. That's not a system that's working. 
and it forces people to do cruel things to other people. There's a lot of people that die so Americans can be safe. Mm. They're just dying, you know, weddings that are drone bombed in Yemen because the guy said something that might have resulted in American insecurity, not even like definite American deaths, but like just so we can breathe a little easier. Folks die. And folks do labor in unsafe places so that we can keep the prices where we like them. There's so much about American life that other people pay for. That's part of it. But also, it's not good for us either. It's not a good way to live in a gated community. You know, if if you let folks pour in like any other wave, it'll kind of slosh. And then you all just things will be different. I, I don't know, like, there. what'll really happen? A bunch of people, like, will they just come with knives and start kill, killing everybody? I don't think so. <laughs> I, 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 wow. mean, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even know what to say to it either. This is a guy who, again, clearly hates the country, yep. has lived, has lived um, every benefit, has every benefit that the country offers, probably lives in a gated community, right. if I had yeah. to guess. yeah. Sure. Listen, the a most TV exclusive part of if, probably of California, if I had to guess where he lives. I don't know where he lives, right. but I, I'm going to assume California. Right. Probably Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. and, and if he doesn't, he lives in New York City with a doorman and oh, a security yeah. guard yeah. at the front. Right. The a guy photo. who would never, ever. Let's start with your house, Louie. How about we put the first hundred in your house? There we go. <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote down here when I heard this guy talking. He's like, oh, we should, we should just let them all in. Okay, let's start at your place. And see how you feel and see how dangerous things get and see what happens to people because that's what it takes. They need to feel this themselves because, like you said, he probably himself lives in a gated community. He's, he's got multi-million dollars. He signed big deals. He made a lot of money before he got, uh, before he got canceled because he uh, you know, following allegations of sexual misconduct and the oh, Me yeah. Too movement went and, went and got a hold of him. Um, Another guy yeah. with, who, who, who tries to sell this Marxist um, claptrap of that uh, if, he, if you're succeeding, someone else has to be losing. If right. we're doing great, everybody else has to be doing terrible. And because America is so great, everything else is terrible because of us. Because of America being so terrible. Because, because it's actually so great, which is what, yeah. what makes it terrible right. for everybody else. So in a turn, we're terrible. That's what Louis C.K. thinks. Yeah, exactly. So, so his, his, his solution to that problem is let's make it terrible for everybody. What does that remind you of? It's communism. It shouldn't be that great here, he said. Think about that mindset. <laughs> right. Think about that. Yeah. It shouldn't be that great here in America. Right. God. You shouldn't be allowed to pursue comedy and, and, and make millions of dollars. You're c totally correct, Louie. You buffoon. You idiot. You, you don't even understand the reason you're allowed to even say what you say is because it is great here. You dummy. A guy who adds nothing to the country, adds nothing, never does anything, has never done anything but has lived the life of, of, of Riley in this country because of every opportunity afforded to him. And he says, oh, it's, it shouldn't be that great here after he's made $100 million <laughs> it's, it's and lives a life thing. that nobody could ever dream of. I mean, that clip is unbelievable. <laughs>
Unbelievable. Wow. Apparently, right, in uh, March of 2020, he donated some money to Biden's campaign, and they gave it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> see, and see, that's another wow. thing. He's fighting for his way back onto the left because he wants to be part of that elite because he, he doesn't like being on the outside. He's like, oh, I, I need to make sure I'm protected myself. I need to get back into those big Hollywood parties. I need to be accepted by the left so that, that they accept me. So when, so when things go wrong— They'll cannibalize you next, Louis C.K. They'll come for you next. You're just a a buffoon. Guy who offers nothing, absolutely nothing to the country. All right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop there. And if you do, send us your receipt showing that you used it. And we'll send you out the free shirt of the month. I like this Never Surrender shirt. This is brand new. I like this one, too. Uh, this and many others. The uh, will not did not comply. Will not comply is the September shirt of the month. We're trying to get them all out. If you sent in uh, your my pillow receipt, trust that we've got it, and we're working on getting them all done. Uh, we're a little behind, but we're we've caught up a lot from where we were, so we'll get them out. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? Never surrender. Wasn't that a great Corey Hart song from back in the eighties? Yes. Right, eighty four, eighty five. Yep. Yeah, great song. All right, let's go to the rodeo. I found a little rodeo. Rodeo was a little light this week, but we got one in West Texas wrapped up over the weekend. Didn't get a chance to recap it last night, but here I will do it tonight. Albaline, Texas at Taylor Telecom Arena. All around cowboy Slade Wood, eighteen eighty three for team roping and steer roping. Bareback Will Low, eighty three and a half points on Butler and Son rodeos. Lost and found twenty seven hundred. Still wrestling. Uh, Don Payne, 3.4 seconds. Team Roping, Corbin Rice and Jake South, 3.9 seconds. We had Saddle Bronc, Bailey Small, 86 points on Butler and Sons. Butler and Son Rodeos, Black Gold, 3,600. Tie down. We had uh, Riley Mason Webb, 7.3 seconds. Bow Racing, Cow, uh, Cassie Mowry took that with 17 and 17 tenths of a second. Steer Roping, we had Chet Heron, 9.4 seconds. Bull Riding, we had a tie. Dustin Bouquet on Butler and Son Rodeos, Hysteria and Jacks Mills. On Butler and Sons Rodeos, six shooter, 87 and a half points, $190,816 payout. Well, something everybody was talking about uh, around the water cooler today. Nick Chubb suffers multiple ligaments, tears, expected to miss rest of the season. This was on the Monday night football game uh, in Pittsburgh, Cleveland Browns. This is originally posted on Pro Football Ru- Rumors by Sam Robinson. Nick Chubb's injury ex- is expected to sideline for the rest of the season. The standout Browns running back is believed to have suffered multiple ligaments. Tears, Ian Rappaport of NFL.com reports. It is not known which ligaments are torn. I think all of them. But the cart coming out to transport Chubb off the field in Pittsburgh pointed to this outcome. More tests are on tap for Chubb, but he is unlikely to play until 2024. Kevin Stefanowski soon confirmed Chubb is expected to be out for the year. Uh, Chubb's contract runs through 2024 season, but this is obviously a deal, a blow to his career and the Browns' 2023 season. Uh, I don't even see how the Browns are going to come back from this one big day. It's going to be a rough one. And uh, the Sean, uh, he, he don't look too good either. That's how we'll see what happens. But that's a wrap in sports. Big D, you know we got to run. All right, we'll do some more sports and news when we get back. Hour two coming up. Quick hour one in the books. We're back live from Studio 6B right after this.
right, hour two, nine o'clock, Tuesday night, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. Delgado's going to do some news. Aaron and Fran holding it down, as always. And, of course, you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We're always appreciative of you being a part of the show. Two hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10, right here on Real America's Voice. Whether you're on Getter, wherever you're following us on social media, uh, at LFS6B, Instagram at LFS6B Show, pretty much everywhere else though, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Threads, YouTube, anywhere else is just at LFS6B. And of course, the mothership, live from Studio6B.com, where you can find everything, news, videos, crazy towns, what even is that, merch, everything over at live from Studio6B.com. So check it out over there. Lots to get to here in hour two. Talk a little bit more about uh, Maganomics and Bidenomics and um, where the American people stand financially. And I'll, I'm going to keep harping on the where you are you better off than you were four years ago because I think it should be central to the Ameri- to the president uh, to Trump's as he gets into the general. Um, especially if we do have presidential, uh, I, I don't suspect we will. I can't imagine them putting Biden on the stage with anybody, specifically with Trump. Um, I was surprised, though, to see the new, um, and I, I get that it's a CBS Gov poll, take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. But the latest poll, the numbers, by the way, in there are awful for Biden. Awful. But the one number that did jump out that the country, 68% of, of, of all people in the survey said that they feel that a Biden-Trump matchup um, kind of shows that the system is broke. They're not overly jumping for joy t- with the idea of that matchup. That surprise you? Um, not really. I, I think most people at this point kind of agree that Joe Biden shouldn't run. Probably shouldn't even be president at this point uh, because he's such a complete and utter disaster. Um, you know, but that's hey, you if that's what you voted for, you're getting it, and you're getting it good and hard. How do you like it now? You know, the other thing I was thinking it could be part of that, though, and I never got to it, but Selena, um, I think it's Selena Zito is her name. I may have that wrong. She wrote a piece a couple weeks ago called, um, I think it was entitled, Nobody Cares About Politics. And the And the point of the article was, you know, those of us who live it, of course, but the, those of us who do live it don't realize how many people don't. Right. Oh, and yeah. there's such a huge percentage of the country. A lot more. That is just so turned off by everything that's happened yeah. in politics in the last however many, what, you could put a lot of numbers of years on it, whether it's, you know, two, four, eight, ten, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 30. <laughs> that they don't, um, they don't follow any of the day-to-day and they barely get the top headline of headlines of what's going on. And quite frankly, they're just sick of it. Right. They don't. They don't want to watch it. It's depressing. And a big part of the voter base are people who are going to fall under that category. Yeah. Well, that's something I think I've brought up a bunch where people just don't have the time. Right. Yep. They don't have the time. They're busy having life. They're they're busy trying to get kids here, do their job, take care of this, pay this bill, go to the store, uh, try to plan a vacation if they can afford it these days, trying to figure out what's going on next. All right, who's got this? What's got you got? 
you know, you got dual income uh, homes, both people working out of the house. You got kids. Some of them, a lot of kids are latchkey kids. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on when they get home at night. The last thing they want is to sit down and watch the news because it's that's like from a bygone era, right? Where where you had a, a single, usually uh, the, the dad would go to work, he'd come home five o'clock, he'd get his dinner, sit down and and watch the TV or read the newspaper, yep, right? Exactly. And that's how that's how they discuss politics yep. and knew the news of the day, so to speak, or they'd watch Walter Cronkite at six thirty, and that was it. Um, these days, that's that's not the that's not the experience most people have. But, but, you know, and then I throw it back to the point where, you know, where we've talked about, you know, what's the point in, if we keep bringing this stuff up and nothing ever happens is because we are in a different spot. We need to reach people. We need to let them know, hey, this is what's going on in your government. You're not hearing about it. These people aren't going to tell you the truth. They're going to lie to you. They're going to give you a headline that's skewed that says this without ever presenting what could really be important to you. As a not only as an American citizen, but as a voter. So when it comes time to vote, you know, hey, you know what? Nobody did suppress that laptop story this time. Now I know that this guy and his family are a bunch of scumbags. I'm not going to vote for them. Yeah, I had it right. It was Selena Zito, and it was entitled Everyone's Tired of Politics. Everyone outside of the media activist pundit bubble, that is. And she basically just talks about a trip she had in the, on the back roads of the country. And she went into all these small towns. And how basically the sentiment of all of us is the idea that everyone's just consumed by presidential politics. And um, the reality is actually far from that. Right. And again, you get the, the, the NBC, the ABC, the CBS. You know, you stick with just those three and what are you going to get? You're going to get liberal left-wing pres presentation. Donald Trump said this today. You're only going to get, you know, oh, he said this. This is terrible. You should never say this. Uh, but they'll never go back and correct the record and be like, turns out he was right about this. He was right about that. He was correct. You shouldn't be doing this. We should be paying less for this. Uh, they'll never get that. Not from those guys and not from uh, the MSNs and CNNs of the world. You know where she went, Slick Rick? Did she talk to a lot of people to put this article together? To the rodeo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you well, go. you know, some folks like the rodeo, some don't. But most do because those were the Patriots saw a big D. Yep. They're there. She said, tired of politics. I was at the rodeo to have fun and enjoy the barrel races and breakaway roping. Great people. And not talk politics. And uh, anyone she talked to said, I'm just tired of it. And I'm yep. in the, I'm not in the business of politics. Even some, she says, in the belly of the beast, D.C. agreed. Washington, D.C., the average normal person does not post on social media unless they're posting about their grandchildren. Mm. People talk about the bubble all the time. It really does exist, and it's not just the media bubble. It's a media activist political intelligentsia bubble that is very interesting and compelling to the people who live within it and utterly irrelevant to most others who just vote every four years because it's their civic duty. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned social media as well. I think a study was done. This is probably over a year old. I remember hearing this, that of all, everything you might see on Twitter, uh, like 90 to 95% is usually posted by about 10, 10 to 12% of the active users. Yeah. So talk so about a, a bubble. It's a different reality. So yeah. 
All right, let's do some news. We haven't done a little news here in a while. The news is brought to you by our friends at Seven Cells. And here with that is Rick Delgado. What else is going on? All right. Well, this is a kind of a, a weird, sad story. Um, kind of just broke just before the show here, Dame. In Philadelphia, Temple University acting president Joanna Epps died. On today. stage, right? Yeah, shortly oh, after wow. becoming ill on stage during a memorial service, officials said, describing her loss as a gut punch and struggling through emotion as they recalled her nearly four decades of service. Epps was attending a memorial service at the university for Charles L. Bloxon, a curator of collection of African-American artifacts, when she suffered what a doctor at the uh, news conference described as a sudden episode. Uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported that Epps, who was scheduled to speak at the service, slumped in her chair shortly after the event began and was carried out in the arms of a, uniform, of a uniformed officer after the announcer asked if there was a doctor in the house. She was then taken to uh, Temple University Hospital, where she was pronounced dead. Later in the afternoon, she died at the hospital. Uh, she died at at the age of 72. Mm-hmm. So young. That's young today. Yeah. Crazy. It really is. Crazy when you think, you know, she's there to speak at a memorial service mm. and she doesn't seem to make it. So. No, not doesn't seem. She didn't make it. Right. Yeah, she, she didn't make she it. What died. am I talking about? Yeah. I, I happened to see that right before I saw that story. So I knew what you were talking about, yeah. actually. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, You want to hear something else that's kind of crazy? Well, we talked about it uh, last week when, when they started poking around with Elon Musk. Well, federal prosecutors are now seeking information about transaction between Tesla and other entities related to the billionaire. It seems like, you know, President Biden was on to something when he said those things should be looked at when it comes to Elon Musk. Federal prosecutors are scrutinizing personal benefits may have been provided to Elon Musk since 2017 as part of a criminal investigation and examining issues, including a proposed house for the chief executive. The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York has also sought information about transactions. Uh, between Tesla and other entities connected to the billionaire people familiar with the investigation said. Prosecutors have referenced the involvement of a grand jury. Now they're going after for a grand jury. I guess they really hate what he's doing with Twitter these days. The new information indicates that the federal prosecutors have a broader interest in the actions of Musk and Tesla than was previously known and that they were pursuing potential criminal charges. The Wall Street Journal reported last month that the Justice Department is investigating Tesla's use of company resources on a secret project described as a house for Musk. Uh, The house effort known within the carmaker as Project 42 and plans call for an expansive glass building to be constructed near Tesla's Austin area factory and headquarters. The uh, SEC has opened a separate civil investigation into the project. And as you can guess, the government is going to be all over them now. Because, well, he's on the wrong side, as you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Just amazing. Just amazing stuff. And uh, here's another one that'll make you gra- uh, hold on to your horns a little bit. Uh, California <laughs> lawmakers there, Damon. What is this hold on to your horns? I, he's still stuck on that steer from a couple no, of weeks working, ago. Uh, uh, Remember that think, guy uh, who had the uh, thing uh, next to him yeah, in the car? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, California lawmakers vote to end travel ban to states with anti-LGBTQ laws. You heard that right. California is going to lift a ban um, on the state-funded travel to states with anti-LGBTQ laws. Who even knew that they had a ban to begin with? And instead, they're going to focus on an advertising campaign to bring, to bring anti-discrimination messages to red states. Now they want to flood red states with uh, LGBT stuff. 
Uh, California started banning official travels to states with laws that deemed dis- discriminatory against LGBTQ people in 2017, starting with Kansas, Mississippi, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Since then, that list has grown to include every other state. Okay, total of 26, actually. Most of them, of course, being Republican-led, following a surge of anti, according to them, anti-LGBTQ legislation. So there you have it. They're going to uh, end that because I guess they figured out, hey, you know what? We, we need to go to these states to actually do business because uh, you know, the, all the blue states that we like that are all LGBTQ friendly, uh, they don't have anything we need or want. So red states, uh, hold the line. Yeah. And, and that's all I got now because I know we're running out of time. Yeah, we're going to hit the break. Um, it's an article in Breitbart today, Oversight Committee. Intends to subpoena Hunter Biden, James Biden's bank records as early as this week. Uh, and of course, James Comer said that that was exactly what was going to happen. Jim Jordan as well. And it looks like uh could be happening soon. So we'll follow that. A couple of the headlines we want to get to as well. Crazy Town coming up as well. Lots still to do. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. for you flash sale on the EnviroCleanse, the home air purifier that's so powerful the u.s navy chose to purify the air on our navy ships with it the timing of this 25 percent off flash sale couldn't be better it's officially cold and flu season and now the new covid strain of course is coming EnviroCleanse is proven to capture and destroy flu and covid viruses in your home Plus bacteria, toxins, mold, and allergens. EnviroCleanse is how you fight back against your entire family getting sick. In fact, EnviroCleanse is the only home air purifier that promises you and your family better health. And it makes that promise by helping clear your home of cold, flu, and COVID viruses. That's why I have an EnviroCleanse in my house and right here in the office, in the studio, as a matter of fact, about ten, eight feet from me, not even. The new science in air home purification. Don't miss this 25% off flash sale. Order your EnviroCleanse home air purifier while supplies last. Visit ekpure.com and use code AMERICA. That's ekpure.com, code AMERICA. Go there now, www.ekpure.com. Dot com use code America 25% off. And every one of you who has gotten one has writ- written me and said how that I was right on the money with describing what those first 48 hours is like. It's just um, crisp air is what it is the best way to describe it. Yeah. 
you can just tell that something is different. You walk in the house and you go, wait a second. <laughs> something is different. <laughs> I usually did that when the dog would uh, something be like, well, oh, something is different, but uh, not these days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now we walk that, in here and Damon, same feeling. Damon's not hacking. He's not coughing. No. <laughs> Look at him. He's oh, a picture man. of health. Remember that? I mean, I just couldn't come in here. Yeah. I'd be home all day. Yeah. Perfect. And I come in here and it, could, I mean, it sounded like I was... You had the blues. Dying. You sound yeah. like a political hack. When sound you like the blues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had the, uh, the, the shoes. All right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and my pillow. Great stuff from Lindell. As always, our code is LFS6B. And of course, that'll save you 10 to 50, sometimes even 60% off, which I really don't get the economics of that. I don't know how you 60% off. Um, but that's what, I mean, he just loves to, you know, just great stuff, whether it's the towels, the sheets, the, uh, the, the the mattresses, the mattress toppers, obviously the pillows. If you're not sleeping on a my pillow, which I've been sleeping on well before I ever had them on the show. I was sleeping on them before I even had a show. I was sleeping on them when Imus was pushing them, when Hannity was pushing them, Went right before Lind when Lindell just broke in 20 years ago. Uh, if you're not sleeping on a my pillow, you're not sleeping probably as well as you should be. So check them out. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? Oh, I got a great quote in the Gatta Chat, Big D. AZ Sunquist, LFS6B is the only show the whole family watches every night. I like oh, the edit. I, I love, love hearing that. that. I think that's great stuff. Right? Well, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I get a lot of that. Beautiful. You know what I get a lot of? I get pictures. Of us on the screen. It's I love it. Oh, it's, I've got a few of those too. Up on the screen and then either people with their animals... Oh, which awesome. seem to like the show. Right. I think they like Delgado's part the most. They're looking for a UFO. Um, or them, Come on. With, them with their He's kids. He's out of his or, bird anyway. <laughs> them with their kids or grandkids watching the show. Oh, I get. I, I do get a lot of that. Yeah, and, and I always get a picture. I think it's nightly from uh, my buddy Dosher on Facebook where it's just him and his feet, and he's got us up on the screen. Wow. It's just him and his, his sock-covered feet watching the show. I gotta, we should, Aaron, <laughs> remind me if I get those. I should start putting those pictures together. We could use them as bumpers uh, on our way out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> we should start showing some of, the, um, some of these, whether it's merch I get a lot of those, too, people in their shirts. Mm -hmm. I love when I get an email that says, hey, I wore my shirt to the school board. Everybody goes, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I like that. What's that? Oh, I'm going to wear this one tonight. Get them. <laughs> Come on. I see that, and I start filling orders. I start throwing in extra shirts. <laughs> it's like, give them, give them the MAGA one. Come on. <laughs> throw it in there. I didn't even want it. Just throw it in anyways. Uh, all right, Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right, well, Deion Sanders condemns death threats against CSU's Henry Blackburn. This is yeah. Kyle Bonara of ESPN. Yeah, Colorado coach Deion Sanders condemned the recent death threats. Could you imagine this? Against Henry Blackburn in the wake of the Colorado State defensive backs illegal hit Saturday on Buffalo star Travis Hunter. That's the one that Deion and I stayed up till about 2.30 in the morning to oh, watch. Oh, I was East watching Coast that on. too, man. That was a great game. That you watched that too, Rick? Yeah, yep. unbelievable. One of the best college games I've seen in years. And that was a, it was a that was bad, dirty. Hit, no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah. Yep. 
I saw Dion today, though. He was uh, he was right on. He was very good. Well, he's worried about the young man. Uh, Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game, Sanders said Tuesday. He made a tremendous hit on Travis on the sideline. You can call it dirty. You can call it. He was just playing the game of football. But whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats. That is that this is still a young man trying to make it in life. A guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or a degree committed to excellence and go to the NFL. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. Blackburn, a senior from Boulder, Colorado, was whistled for a personal foul for his late hit on Hunter in the first half, which required the Buffalo's two-way star to leave the game and go to the hospital. Hunter was released from the hospital and will miss at least Saturday's game against number 10, Oregon, which is going to be a killer, and likely a few more weeks with a lacerated liver. So pretty serious. It's football. At the end of the day, Hunter said Monday on his YouTube show that stuff happens. Threats against Blackburn started before number 19, Colorado, completed its 43-35 double OT victory late Saturday night. Colorado State Athletic Director Joe Parker told ESPN's Pete Thamel. University and local police have investigated the threats which came via phone calls, text messages and on social media according to Parker. At the end of the day, this is a game. Santa said someone must win, someone must lose. Everybody continues their life the next day, which is so true. The death threats are very unfortunate. I'm sad and if there's any of our fans that's on the other side of those threats, I would hope and pray not, but that kid was just playing to the best of his ability and he made a mistake. But apparently his mother was getting phone calls and text messages and and a lot of these are just you know false bravado you know and, and shallow shallow threats but you know you just you got to take them all seriously big d yep. if you get 60 threats you got to look at all 60 as potentially could be one wing ding and that's all it takes uh and phil mickelson says he's not betting on football this season good idea lefty uh mark <laughs> schlayback of espn writing six-time major champion phil mickelson said he isn't wagering on football games this season as he continues to recover from a gambling addiction mickelson's statement on social media Monday comes about a month after professional gambler Billy Waters alleged in a book that Mickelson bet more than $1 billion on football, basketball, and baseball over the past 30 years. Most of you will enjoy this football season with moderation while having lots of fun and entertainment, Mickelson wrote. The fantasy leagues will provide banter amongst friends and money won or lost betting won't affect you. I won't be betting this year because I crossed the line of moderation and into addiction, which isn't any fun at all. The money wasn't ever the issue since our financial security has never been threatened, but I was so distracted, I wasn't able to be present with the ones I love and cause a lot of harm. This lack of pressure has been so hurtful. Um, lack of presence, excuse me. Mickelson, thir- 53, said throughout his gambling addiction, he has been told, you are here, but you're not with us. And that's what happens. People, you know, they get in, they get in. The, I mean, I know I get in these moves with my picks. And I don't even have any big money on the line. And I'm like, I'm in a bad mood. I'm like, why are you in a bad mood? I'm like, ah, oh, Colorado's losing by 10. I got this game. I picked it on the show. And it's just, it's absolutely <laughs> insanity. Which we love to be insane on Football Sunday, a lot of us, and uh, some of us don't care, but I do. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. <laughs> All right, so quick, fine, that's good. I have my little uh, confession booth here. <laughs> Come on. All right, we'll do some more sports with Slick Sports. is brought to you by, again, Mike Lindell and my pillow. Uh, we'll do news when we get back. We'll do Crazy Town when we get back. Uh, we've been speaking a lot of the economic stuff tonight. We'll continue to because there's another headline that's out today that – you. I'm going to post that CBS YouGov poll because it gets down to a lot of questions that I hadn't heard in a lot of different, um, a lot of different posts about what kind, what are the attributes that people going into the 24 are looking for in the president, and of course one of them is they want a strong leader. Biden, not Trump. Yes. Um, I mean the numbers are really just every one of them gets worse and worse for Biden when you look at it. Uh, so I'll post that, and I also want to get into this failing. Uh, household numbers. 
And you look at the income of households, how Bidenflation has hit America's wallet. So I want to get into a little bit of that as well. All right, Crazy Town and the news, though, when we get back right after this. Hour live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Real America's voice. Look, Rick's doing sports. Delgado's doing the news. Aaron Friend holding it down as always. Uh, let's do Crazy Town. Crazy Town. Biden was um, <laughs> at the UN. Didn't get much of a reception. I noticed that when he was brought in by the handlers there. And uh, this is just a quick recap of some of the moments that just, as the camera kept panning to, there's John Kerry sitting out there and Anthony Blinkton and the America congregation out there. I don't know. Every time the camera would hit them, I just got the (laughs) sense that they were just holding their breath that this guy could make it through. Right. Either that or they weren't paying attention. There's a few times they panned to him and they weren't even paying attention to the guy. Either that or they were trying to figure out what the hell they Well, those are this is not long, but this is some of the moments that they dreaded. Uh roll it, Aaron. Crazy town. Under the new president of the World Bank, change is already taking root. <laughs> Last month I asked the United States Congress for additional funds to expand World Bank financing by $25 billion. Oh, great. And the G20, we rallied the major economies of the world to mobilize even more funding. Collectively, we can deliver a transformational boost to World Bank lending, together with China on issues where progress hinges on our common efforts. Nowhere is that more critical than accelerating the climate crisis, than than the accelerating climate crisis. (laughs) Simply put... (laughs) The 21st century, all right. 21st century results are badly needed. Yeah, me too. They're needed to move us along. <laughs> to move that now, we need actually along. evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships. Let me be clear. <laughs> Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. For one day, <laughs> for one day, my administration, the United States, has treated this crisis as an existential threat from the moment we took office. One day? Not only for us, but for all of humanity. There can only be one answer to that question. We must and we will. The road ahead is long and difficult, but if we preserve, persevere, and prevail, we keep the faith in ourselves and show what's possible. Unburdened by a uh, <laughs> oh, 
mind. Well, at least he was clear. Working brain cell. He said, let me be clear. <laughs> let me be clear. <laughs> we worked on this for one day. I think he meant from day one. But one day, day Mr. one. Magoo. Or one day Mr. we treated this really seriously, yeah. you know. One day. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> exactly. And, and what's amazing is, is uh, I'm watching that whole thing and just looking at his head. Does his head look like it's changing? His head looks like it's, he, he's changing. He's morphing into some type of Martian-looking character. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if it's because his eyes are getting smaller. Yeah. His lips have disappeared. So now it's only like he's got slits for eyes and slits for a mouth. But his head seems to be getting a little wider at and you top. Might be, you might be onto something. And, and his, and his, his, his little bit of his eyebrows are kind of like getting like that. Yeah, like that. There you go. Beam me up, Biden. Here, like this. Look. You have put a picture of it up, Aaron. Do you have a, like go. a still of uh, in the middle of that crazy town with him? Hey, he might be on to see what he, he's just, talking about just here. Look at him. He's a, he's a, he's a creepy looking dude. Watch when you when he zooms in. Like let it play a little bit. And it zooms in. It changes the direction. When he's looking the other rally direction, the major economies of the world to mobilize even more funding. Right. Yeah. Me too. Collectively. Right there. Stop. There you go. Look at it. Oh yeah. Look no at lips. His eyes are his eyes are squinting because <laughs> the brain his, is getting his, bigger. His eyebrows it seems oh, like things man. are going up like this. It looks like his head sinister. He really he yeah, really does yeah. look like he's getting older, like by the day, like yeah. it's really by the showing. Second. Really showing. There's no way he's running. Either that, or, or he's just about he's to climb out of that skin and and reveal himself as some type of, of reptilian or something. I don't know what the hell is going on with this he's guy. He's finished. I'm your nightmare. <laughs> no question about it. Three <laughs> no, years and counting. No, no, doubt, no doubt about that. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. He makes Freddy Krueger look like Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> Let me be oh, clear. Right. <laughs> I'm your nightmare. You know what I'm saying. And, and after For he says, one day, yeah. one day we took this seriously. And after he says the line, "Let me be clear," they throw it. Downhill. They throw in the word sac- sacrosanct. I can't even say it. Sacrosanct, or yeah. whatever the hell the word is. I wouldn't even use it in a sentence because I don't know what it means. Yeah. But they put that word in his script, and he's supposed to read that. Oh, boy. Well, there you go. Dude. Embarrassed once again. That was, and, I, and I saw. That was good fun. I saw. Um, I saw. Not. Oh God, I was going to say Judy Woodruff, not Judy Woodruff. What's the girl over at NBC? Um, Judy Bloom? <laughs> Who's that? Whatever. I don't, know. I don't watch. I don't watch. Doesn't MVP. matter. Uh, Andrea Mitchell. Same thing. Yeah. Just, just. just oh my Judy. God! Just telling us how amazing this speech was. Amazing. Just fawning over Biden's UN speech. <laughs> just fawning over it. Well, she probably has a, a, you know, she's probably one of the only people who can decipher what his mumbling means because she's the same age. Oh. <laughs> Man, oh man. Um, Sacrosanct. Falling household income numbers show how Biden inflation has hit America's wallets. Last year, the median American household made $3,670 less in income than it did before the pandemic. The Biden administration doesn't seem to understand why the American people haven't given them the quote-unquote credit for the state of the econ- of the nation's economy. Maybe they finally need to wake up and realize that people don't like how Bidenomics has fueled Biden inflation. The Census Bureau recently released an annual report on income poverty in health insurance coverage. The reports illustrate how families have lost ground 
since the COVID pandemic and why low unemployment or even rising wages will not lead to positive feelings about the economy unless and until inflation gets under control, which there's not a whole lot of chance that that's going to happen before the election, which is, again, getting back to what we talked about before, that very simple messaging question of are you better off for you than you were four years ago, I think should be the centerpiece of President Trump's uh, messaging. Yeah. Because it's easily understandable and people can answer it in one word. <laughs> Most telling numbers in the report come in this table of income. One column of that table lists household median income for a given year. The numbers since the pandemic illustrate how American families have lost ground. 2019, median family income, $78,250. 2020, $76,660. That's $1,590 below the previous year. 21, $76,330. below the previous year. 2022, $74,580, $3,670 below 2019. So from $78,250 to $74,580. To put it another way, last year the medium American household made $3,670 less in income than it did before the COVID pandemic. The median income numbers are reported on a real inflation-adjusted basis, and the fact that inflation, as measured by the CPI, rose 7.8% in 2022, the largest increase, increase since 1981, explains why median household income fell by 2.3% last year. Over the past four years, the difference even becomes more stark. And this, these are the numbers we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. All told, the median family has lost a total of $7,180 in real income yearly since two, 2019. And that number doesn't assume additional real income growth over the past four years, even though incomes generally grow under normal economic conditions. The census data readily explains why Bidenomics remains so absolutely unpopular. If given the choice, would you rather have a $1,400 stimulus payment or $7,180 in lost income back in your wallet? I know which one I would prefer, and it isn't the stimmy. Since last year, incomes have continued to remain relatively stagnant. While real earnings grew from March to July, last, month, last month's rapid spike in gas prices meant that real hourly earnings declined half a percent in August on an inflation-adjusted basis. And this article goes on to basically explain how the media and the leftist narrative has basically ignored reality. And again, I say, even if they have, you haven't. Yeah. You <laughs> have not ignored reality. And when posed the question, are you better off than you were four years ago, you will not ignore that reality. Yeah, and, and just to throw back to something we were talking about earlier and even yesterday about the uh, United Auto Workers and their strike and asking for 40% more um, than they're currently making, if they were to get that, 
according to, you know, again, those numbers that I kind of threw together real quick, the, the percentages of those six items, that just gets them back to even. So in a way, it's like, I understand why you're asking for 40% because you're down 38.2% over the last few years. Yeah, I could see why you'd need 40% more. That's just to get you back to even. That's not making more. That just gets you back to where, okay, now at least I'm back to where I was a couple of years ago. But you shouldn't be. We should always be, you know, kind of progressing forward. So, you know, we talk about, well, that's kind of out of, rea- out of touch with reality, 40%, but... When you look at the haircut that we're all taking, we could all use a, a 40% kind of <laughs> Well, bump, it's not really so apples to, to apples, though, right? Because right. they're saying they, they want if they're making 100 grand a year, they want to make 140. That's right. they haven't they haven't lost that doesn't that doesn't get them that's not comparing the right things. Well, when yeah. when you but you also got to determine that the the power of their purchasing is now down. Right? Yeah, because of the, the 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 Everybody's is. Everybody's is, right? That's why I'm saying across the board, I think I think everybody would be like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I can understand they're asking for 40 because I need 40 just to get balanced as well to kind of offset inflation that's been across the board just killing everybody. Because your 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 what, your your real wages are up three percent over that that time? You're in the hole constantly. Which explains why, you know, credit card debt is so high while people are starting to miss payments. Nobody can buy a house. Nobody can sell a house. I don't know. Yeah, real estate agents are starving right now. There's yeah. no inventory. It's terrible. Well, who could get approved for a mortgage? At, who who, who would want to get approved for a mortgage at 8%? Yeah. 7.8%. They'll just keep their powder dry, continue to rent. On, yeah. on, a, uh, on a house where the payment would have been 2800 the payment's now 4700 Yeah. For the same house. It's and crazy. the down payments, the down payment, I mean, money is so much more expensive now. This is why you said about home builders before. Home builders, what do they do? They, there's only so many corners they can cut. <sighs> yeah. To try to uh, to keep up with what's going on. Never mind commercial real estate, what's going to happen there? In buildings coming up in the next two years. Something to the effect of almost $2 trillion has to be refinanced. A lot of those building owners, they're going to find some real pushback from these banks. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Let's do some more sports news before we wrap it up. Uh, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. It'll save you 10 to 50% off. If you do use it, once you get your receipt from MyPillow, send it in. We'll send you our shirt of the month, which is the did not comply, will not comply shirt for September. We'll send you that absolutely free. Just tell us your size. And you send those emails and those forward those emails that you get from my pillow, the confirmation email showing you used our code and all your shipping information to LFS6B at yahoo.com. Forward it to LFS6B at yahoo.com. 
It's going to take us about a week or so to get your shirt out to you, but uh, maybe a little longer, but we'll get it out to you. Just give us your size. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D, Major League Baseball. Like I said, just 10 games left in the season as we wind it down. Some good uh, races for the wild card, especially in that NL Central. And the Reds tonight aren't doing themselves any justice as they trail the Twins 7-0 at home. Bottom of the ninth, looks like that's all but over there. Uh, Yankees getting beat by the Blue Jays 7-1, to bottom of the ninth. Not much has changed in the Bronx either. Uh, top of the ninth, Braves lead the Phillies 9-3. Boy, the Braves look strong, Atlanta. Big day. I think they're the odds-on favorites to take it all this year. Cubs over the Pirates 4-0, end of two. Bottom of the sixth, the Brewers, another good team that's going to take the NL East up 5-3 over the Cardinals. Red Sox 3-2 over the Rangers, top of the sixth. Also top six, Orioles lead the Astros 5-3. Mariners and Athletics, no score in Oakland, bottom of the first. Also top of the first there, Giants lead the Diamondbacks 2-zip. Just underway, Rockies and Padres, no score. And earlier today, the Rays defeated the Angels 6-2. to uh, And Marlins 4-3 over the Mets. That was a final as well. Tigers and Dodgers, that's going to take place in about 25 minutes. Uh, well, one more story to wrap up tonight in sports. MSN ridiculed for apparently AI-written obituary that called dead NBA player useless. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart, Microsoft-owned MSN.com, was criticized for publishing an obituary of former NBA player Brandon Hunter, we reported that on the show, Mm -hmm. that was clearly and badly created by AI and not a person, as it was incomprehensibly filled with miscues, improper word use, and even insults. The post was meant to detail the life and passing of the one-time Orlando Magic player who collapsed suddenly and died at only 42 during a hot yoga workout in Orlando. However, all good intentions aside, the article quickly went off the AI rails when exclaimed Brandon Hunter, useless at 42. That's exactly what the quote. Brandon Hunter, useless at 42. Calling the dead player useless was not the only blunder in this obit, clearly written by a misfiring artificial intelligence bot. The now-deleted story also noted that Hunter handed away after his successful college career, which saw him earning vital success as a head for the Bobcats. <laughs> the obit was who, uh, who also helpfully informed readers that Hunter performed in 67 video games. Then there was this garbled sentence, sounds like Biden, telling readers that Hunter achieved a career high of 17 factors in a recreation in opposition to the Milwaukee Bucks in 2004, according to the website Futurism. The website reached out to MSN and asked just what was going on over there and was told the accuracy of the content we publish from our partners is important to us and promised to keep working to enhance our systems to identify and prevent inaccurate information from appearing on our channels. MSN also noted that the faulty, not to mention offensive, AI product was removed from its site. Good move, boys. As Futurism noted, this is not the first time that MSN has had a memory hole, uh, uh, had to uh, memory hole a poorly written AI article, and it will happen more often since MSN fired most of its human news writers. The other half are probably on strike, so, you know, this is what you're dealing with. Uh, and that's a wrap in Sports Big D. That's all we got for tonight. Not a real active night. Shohei Otani had a successful elbow surgery, but he won't be pitching next year for the Angels. He'll probably be a free agent, and he won't be pitching until probably 2025. That's a wrap in Sports Big Day. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Sports again brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Uh, let's do a little more news. What's going on, Rick Delgado? All right, well, I want to make sure I get this story as a follow-up to other stories we've uh, done in the past week. As Mexican doctors conclude tests on alleged non-human alien corpses. And here's what they've determined, Damon. Uh, Mexican doctors have found no evidence of any assembly or manipulation of the skulls of the so-called non-human being remains that were presented to Mexico's Congress last week, seemingly proving that the remains were not human-made. 
Wait, that wasn't Pelosi, that picture I saw? That was not Pelosi, and it wasn't Biden. Uh, The scientists concluded a number of tests of the two specimens at the Noor Clinic on Monday and live-streamed the entire procedure uh, on YouTube. In the end, Jose Benitez, the director of Health Sciences Research Institute and the Secretary of Mexican's Naval Office, said the studies proved that the alleged aliens belonged to a single skeleton and were not assembled with human objects. He also said the team found that one was alive, was intact, and was biological and was in gestation, pointing to large lumps inside the alleged E.T.'s abdomen, which suggested that means it could be eggs for more aliens. I can affirm that these bodies have no relation to human beings, he said, and uh, the pair, which were allegedly unearthed in Cusco, Peru in 2017, also have elongated skulls with three fingers on each hand. I like that word, uh, elongated. Yes, elongated. Elongated skull. <laughs> Story is elongated. Skull, okay. I got that. Oh, you want me to keep reading? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Musan said they had strong and light bones, no teeth, and had implants of cadmium <laughs> and osmium. Which are scarce elements on Earth. So how about that? Take that. Wow. And one third of their DNA is considered unknown. I'm on the edge of my seat. You should be. These things are scary and creepy. They might kill us. Okay. All right. Okay. Speaking of somebody else that uh, well, might kill us, her name is Nancy Pelosi. And according to a uh, uh, former— now, now, wait. Are we moving wait. to a new story? Or yeah. she... <laughs> I thought you were just describing her, her attributes. <laughs> well, she's been unearthed as well. Yeah. Uh, and she's, not, <laughs> she's going to be uh, running again. But according to key players from the U.S. Capitol, including former U.S. Capitol Police Chief Steven, Steven Sund, yeah. he says that Nancy Pelosi was responsible for the breakdown in security that led to the riot at the Capitol. On January 6th, he testified today and told lawmakers. Yes, I was. Yes, I was responsible. <laughs> told lawmakers at the time of the attack, he learned that then Speaker Pelosi never wanted the National Guard deployed. According yeah. to Sund, on January 3rd, three days before the riot, he talked to the House Sergeant at Arms, Paul Irving, and Senate Sergeant at Arms, Michael Stenger, about calling the National Guard. He was told by Stenger he would ask General William Walker, who was the commander of the D.C. National Guard, how quickly his troops could deploy if necessary. Sun said at the hearing, uh, four months after the riot, Stender told him that Pelosi said she did not want the guard on the Capitol grounds that day. Mm. Well, we know that we know the deal with Pelosi and yeah. oh, J six, yeah. which she enabled mm-hmm. on purpose. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, before we go, the other thing I want to just mention—I mentioned it before—I <clears throat> got yes. my copy today. The Democrat Party hates America. And there's many reviews out about it today. I can't wait to read it. I've read all Levin's books. Of course, they've all been fantastic. But this one particularly, the reviews so far from the people who got advanced copies, and I I had just pulled up Paul Kengor in the um, Spectator today, and he says, The Democrat Party Hates America is the book every American needs. He says, This book is the most powerful indictment of the Democrats that I've ever read. It is so scathing with so much information that I got to the point where I dreaded attempting to write a review about this book. It is so packed with material that there's no way to adequately summarize in a thousand words. You need to buy the book and read it for yourself. If you want to know why the left wants to destroy our nation, this is the book to read. So I just wanted to say I got my copy today. Yeah, I heard and, uh, I heard chapters four and five are supposed to be really, really like, you know, explosive. Four and five? Yeah. 
Okay. Chapter four is language control and thought control. Yep. And chapter five is war on the American citizen. Six is war on the nuclear family. Seven is war on the Constitution. Eight is Stalin would be proud. Oof. I'm going to say every chapter seems like a <laughs> the Democrat Party Must hates read. America. Yeah, sure it does. And I will start reading that tonight. As always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, all our truckers, all our farmers, everybody that keeps the country moving forward. Thanks to the guys on the th- show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here live from Studio Whoa, 6B. Sound like the bling. <laughs> <laughs> You're a ding-a-ling. Yeah, wear those out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>